All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're here recording our Tuesday evening, pretty standard back to the normal schedule here for our Wednesday episode, uh, episode number 99, one more away from the big three digits uh, for our October 11th episode. Uh, this week, we're uh, going to go over uh, uh, you know week five, some big productions, uh, some some bounce back productions for some players that we desperately needed and desperately wanted. Uh, and we're going to have uh, another fun, quick question of the week, and then we'll get back into the nitty gritty of uh, preparing you for the upcoming week. But before we get started here, we'll uh, say hello to the fellas and, and we'll get back in the action. So um, Armand, it's been going on here. I know um, fantasy wise, as you know, we're busy, busy, but I have, uh, I was actually thinking about texting and asking about, cause I know the, the football season's going to be coming down to the wire for you guys pretty quick here too. So I was curious on how all that's going as well. Yeah. We're, <clears throat> sorry. We're in our last week of the regular season here and uh, season has not gone as expected here, but we are fortunate, even though we haven't won a game this year, we are still in the running for playoffs. So if we end up winning on Friday night here, we, we make it into the dance and then anything could happen. Um, yeah, we just gotta, we gotta start playing a full four quarters. The last two games that we've had here, we've been outscored. I want to say like 32 to nothing in the first quarter. And then the last three quarters of the each, each game, um, we've won, um, like 30 rip and we've, we've lost close games. So it's been unfortunate that way. And who you guys have this Friday? Uh, Lloyd Minster. So, oh, nice. yeah, winnable game, just like the, the last two. We just got to, like I said, play a full four quarters and not come out slow. It's got to piece her together. And then, Zach, how about you? I know you guys be getting close to the end, too. Yeah, we have this week and next week left in regular season. And then we uh, were slotted for the, the Saskatoon League uh, Tier 2 uh kind of like consolation playoff game there so that'll be nice so looking at three games here that we we believe at least are are very winnable so uh i've been there for it's my third football season there and uh finally putting together some success and uh, it's been nice having the great tens that i started with now they're seniors and now they're they're kind of reaping the rewards of the hard work in the off season and and struggling through some tough seasons. Yeah, this is always a fun time here. I, I always remember like some of those practices, they were just bunk and you were like cold and snowy and wet and windy. But this time of year where those, those, those games there, you know, exciting because really for, even if it's not playoffs, like Armin, like you said too, it's winter go home. And that's, that's where, that's where you find a lot of character and it's, it's a good time of year for football, but We'll uh we'll transition here away from a little bit of high school talk and we'll go right into our our episode here. And last episode we had a fun question because it was uh you know Canadian Thanksgiving and for those of you listening, hope you all had you know a good uh, nice restful weekend and lots of turkey, lots of ham, whatever it is that you and your family do to celebrate and get together and relax, et cetera, et cetera. But this upcoming week, based on similar like last question, it was all timing and, and dates and holidays or whatever. This one, we got another date coming up here. It's Friday the 13th. So I'm not too sure if you, you know, at home believe in all that kind of stuff or, you know, full moons make people go crazy or what have you. But Friday the 13th is a spooky day. 
Uh, so we're focusing on a question here that uh, just the same as Friday the 13th may scare you. Uh, who are some current players that uh, you are scared of the most currently uh, right now in fantasy football? And uh, we'll start this one off with, it's actually kind of funny. I think we all went to the same position, but uh, we'll start this one off with Zach. So uh, the player that I deemed to be one of the more scary teams, or sorry, the more scary players is somebody that I have on a few of my fantasy teams, both dynasty and redraft. And that is one Jonathan Taylor um, just received himself a very nice payday. But if you look at the, the Indianapolis Colts and their run game over the past few weeks, uh, Zach Moss is a bit of a boogeyman, if you will. Uh, over the past four weeks, Zach Moss has had over uh, 18 points, 18 uh, half-point PPR points in three out of those four games. So the question, uh, to me at least, is how long is it going to take for Jonathan Taylor to regain that starting uh you know surefire every week uh spot in your lineup and furthermore will the indianapolis colts continue to ride the hot hand that is zach moss and you know keep keep jt on the bench because right now it's very hard to argue that jt could be doing much better than what zach moss is doing right now for them that was one of the most frustrating games to watch because I knew he was going to be in a timeshare or or whatever, like snap count. But all of a sudden, like a 50-yard run, I was like, yep, JT's back. This is deadly. Nope. Zach Moss. Awesome. And it was like, okay, you know, snap count, whatever. They're on the one-yard line. Okay, this is probably where JT gets back in, see what he can do. Nope. Zach Moss for a second of the game. <laughs> it's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, just demoralizing and, and i put up on socials i put up the cooper cup one and then i put the jt one same similar question was you know they're gonna be back in action where's our comfort level at are you are you willing to start him or not and our cooper cup one ended at like i think it was like 60 percent people said yes and 40 percent people said no ballpark wise but then the jt one like 85 percent of people said yeah they're firing him up even though we knew he's gonna be in a in a snap count and 15 percent of people said no and which is like the, res- the exact opposite. Cooper Cup came out to like an absolute fire start in the GT. I don't know what he touched the ball four times. Like that yeah, was not ideal. It's it's weird how good Zach Moss actually looks right yeah. now. He's he has like for all accounts, he's been a terrible player, like a terrible fantasy pick, yeah. terrible draft pick, and now it's like your job's on the line all of a sudden he's got it figured out <laughs> like it's just, it's, it makes me think is like zach moss is bad but he is excelling so imagine like how good jt would be looking right, right now it's just incredibly frustrating but um armin let's uh let's hear your player all right i went with deandre swift who's actually been doing really well but the reason he scares me is that um Philadelphia has historically been a tough uh, team to trust with their RB1s, but yet Swift seems to have it in lock right now. But how long is that going to be? Is it if he has one bad game, is it suddenly he's on the shelf? Like, I I don't know how long I can trust him for. I have him in one league and I'm starting him every week, but every week I'm like, maybe I should trade him. Nah, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. And it's just like, because you know, like 
with Philly. They can put up points. He can be a great asset to have on your fantasy team. But then if he ends up going cold and they've shown to switch guys pretty quick. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And he like, that's the worst part is he's looked incredibly good. Like, especially as coming from a Lions guy where it's, you know, they he, they got him for really pennies on the dollar. I think it was like a 2026 fifth or something, or maybe 2025 sixth. Like it was, yeah. we literally got him for nothing. And he's looked very, very good. But similar situation too, like very good offensive line. But in a situation just, he couldn't stay healthy in Detroit. And right now with, in Philadelphia, he's healthy. And he's looking, I think he's looking really good. But um, my guy that I'm sharing is like the old trusty, rusty, the old faithful, but the last couple of weeks, just like, I think he is nursing a bit of an injury. So I think I might have to be a little bit, you know, um, I don't know what's the word looking for. Like, I guess a little bit of graceful, I suppose, but it's Derrick Henry. Um, and Derrick Henry over the last handful of years, it's been a huge fantasy production. Like the week one, he got 12.9, which isn't killing you, but it wasn't fantastic. Um, then he got 17 in week two, which was, you know, okay. Awesome. Great. Week three, uh, two fantasy points and then week four he had a huge week but he also threw a touchdown in there too so you when you add that into the mix that's going to help you at 23 fantasy points and this last week he had seven i uh, know he got baltimore this upcoming week and he's got to buy atlanta um the one thing that i do like about derrick henry is the end of his season schedule he's got houston in the quarterfinals then seattle then houston in the, in the fantasy championship but like derrick henry's not getting any younger He's 29 years old and his timeshare, I wouldn't say his timeshare, but his sharing of the snap counts with Tajay Spears right now is a little concerning. Uh, Tajay Spears got the touchdown this past week. Um, so it's, you're in a situation where is Tajay Spears going to take over? Is it all by circumstance? Like this past week, 7.7. If you got the touchdown, we're 14, 14, 15, or whatever, 13, 14 fantasy points. We're thinking, okay, not bad, but only 13 attempts for 43 yards and he was only on for 62 percent of the snaps um week 148 percent of the snaps week 338 percent of the snaps week 459 so uh it's a situation where you ask yourself is are they holding on to him because they want him to last the whole season don't want to get hurt is it because he is slowing down he's getting he's getting older um is it a combination of everything that tennessee's offense isn't very good either so uh, a lot of a lot of question marks around Derrick Henry and, and a lot of concern because for most people, he's probably a first-round pick. Maybe if you're in a smaller league, he might have been um, an early second-round pick. But uh, is King Henry going to hold up or is you know the wheels starting to fall off with, with Derrick Henry? So there's a little bit of concern for me with, uh, with, uh, with Derrick Henry. Out of these, like, I know obviously we all shared three here, but like in order, who do you think is like, the most there should be the most concern here. Go Zach. Do you who do you think of these three? Do you think there's like the it's easy to say obviously concern? your own, but yeah. Ah uh, I think I think Henry. I think he made a good a good argument for Henry. Um that Tajay Spears, he's he's lightning in a bottle. I think his presence alone is probably the most threatening because like we said, uh Zach Moss has just been a a jag for most of his career. And uh, I, I think Swift is head and shoulders above the guys there, the other guys there in Philly. So I think Henry's the one that has like the, the most 
the most likely scenario where he could be replaced or phased out. Armand, are you still sticking with your guns or were you? No, I, I have the most concern about Derrick Henry. Um, and then it'd be Swift and Taylor. My main issue with Swift is injury, like pure injury history. Like that's the yeah. part where you could be sitting here holding holding the bag. But <laughs> yeah, and, and the JT one, like Zach, you made a good point. Like this might this might take a few weeks to progress and slowly face Sacramento, especially after he's put up whatever 138 and two or something against like an incredibly good rush defense. But um, we'll keep things going here. We'll get into uh, some insiders and headliners. Um, don't have to go over a bunch. Like then we got some signings and stuff. Zach already mentioned that a little bit. Um, we got a couple of things that I know um, we've talked about already and some things that we're going to foreshadow a little bit here too, but we'll start with the first one. This is a big one. Uh, if you watch the replay and sorry, Armin, this sucks. The the wheels are falling off here for your Vikings real fast, real furious here. Uh, Justin Jefferson uh, goes down with a grade. I think they call it a grade two hamstring injury. Uh, so he's been placed on the IR, which means he is going to miss at least four weeks. Uh, they're bringing in backup quarterbacks to work out. There's already rumors that uh, Kirk Cousins is on the move to a you know, possibly a contending team to get things going. It'd be interesting if, you know, like he goes to like, uh, you know, coming back to Washington or something like that, you know, a situation like that. I like guess not not a great situation for uh, for the Vikings right now, especially at one and four and missing your uh, superstar wide receiver for the next next four weeks. But um, maybe this is where you can maybe share some insight. I know like maybe like a guy like KJ Osborne uh, might be a little sneaky pickup. I know you're uh, quite fond of Osborne there, Armin, but I know obviously somebody's got to field the team here and, and pick up some of the slack for JJ. Is that are you expecting like, is that a Hawkinson situation where he's going to try and pick up more of the load or are you expect like a guy like, I know you talked about a little bit maybe later on Jordan Addison and uh and KJ Osborne some names, but this is your team, so I know you probably got a little more insight than the, than the rest of us. You know, uh, I thought that Kirk has been doing a pretty good job of spreading the ball around this year compared to last year. Um, so I think it, it's not going to be a, a one guy suddenly shoots to the moon type of thing and has Justin Jefferson numbers. Um, I think Addison is probably the most likely to see the biggest spike. But I, I could see Hawkinson getting more targets and Osborne getting more targets and then maybe maybe do it a bit of a like uh, Addison gets 50% of the Jefferson targets and then Hawk and, and Osborne get 25% each kind of thing. Yeah. It would be kind of my guess here. Yeah, I'll be uh, that's one I'm kind of watching to get a pulse on this because there's uh, like KJ Osborne's going to go for big bucks, I think. For uh, for a lot of people's fabs, especially in those deeper leagues, I think some people will be willing to spend some money on there just to, as as Zach always says, catch the lightning in a bottle there. But uh, another injury here. This is a this is a tough one because was it two weeks ago? Maybe no, it wouldn't have been three weeks ago. Maybe it's two weeks ago, two episodes ago. We talked about Devon A. Chain and is he taking over? Is he gonna take some time? And well, he took over pretty quick. And last week he only had I think eleven snaps or, or twelve or. 11 snaps, 12 snaps, and he was like number one RB on the week very, very quickly with some of the big runs and whatnot. Um, he did get hurt, and, and Mostert ended up taking over a little bit, but he has a knee injury. They're calling it not season-ending, but he is going to miss time. They said they'll expect him to probably go on the IR. Uh, he's going to miss some time, so 
I'm still kind of waiting to hear a little bit more about that and see where we're at with uh, Devon A-Chain, which is too bad. And this is a similar conversation we still had, but it was more about like the most or like he's more, he's probably going to likely get hurt and then A-Chain's going to take over. But uh, has this opened the door for like a guy like Jeff Wilson, who'll be coming back off of the the pop shortly? Like, is this opening the door for that? Um, I'm very, very curious what's going to happen here, but I know uh, Zach has a, a start of the week coming up here that I was a little jealous. He got in there. I was going to type some names in and shocker Zach, Zach beats me the punch here on a couple of couple names that I've been all excited about, but um, Anthony Richardson, another one, this, this one sucks because story time here, my, my brother-in-law, Wellesley's wagers, he's going to Jacksonville to watch the Jacksonville and Indianapolis game. Uh, him and his buddy, his buddy is like a diehard, diehard Jacksonville fan. So they booked this trip together to go watch and, I was like, hey, it's going to be really good. JT got signed. He's going to be back and healthy. Richardson's healthy. He's firing all cylinders. Hell, Jacksonville actually looked pretty good against Buffalo there in uh, in London. I said, you guys are going to catch a pretty good game. And then, sure enough, early first quarter, uh, Anthony Richardson goes down the grade three, uh, was it AC joint? Um, regardless, a shoulder injury. And they're expecting him to quite likely land himself on the IR as well, too, with uh, with a quite serious shoulder injury and the throwing arm as well too so not a good situation there but it'd still be you know pretty awesome football game to go to but it'll be uh Gardner Minshew time instead of uh Anthony Richardson time uh two more things to talk about Travis Kelsey high ankle sprain this one scared the crap out of me I don't know if you guys were you watching this game live at all Marwin maybe because it was a Vikings game but he went down and I was like oh my god non-contact injury like he just blew his knee up or you know he just snapped his Achilles and he got up and then was like hobbling around. I was like, this is the end. This is the end. I have Travis Kelsey in like every league. This is the, <laughs> this is the end. But he had a high ankle sprain and I come back later on. Um, I would expect him to miss this Thursday, but uh, um, how long he misses, you know, a high ankle sprain, lots of times he missed two, three weeks. So thought to continue to monitor that one. And then one last small one, Van Jefferson with the emergence of uh, Puka Nakua and uh, with Cooper Cup coming back. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams just this this afternoon actually traded Van Jefferson to Atlanta with a a late pick swap. So lots lots kind of going on here. I know we talked about uh, JT getting a big deal already, um, but we'll continue on here into uh, our studs and duds. And I just just talked about Cooper Cup, so Zach, you might as well uh, just keep keep talking about him for us. Yeah, so this one uh, I picked this one for a a couple of reasons. Obviously, number one. He did have himself a very good uh, week this week, um, but more so because he was coming back from from that injury. And what was interesting to me was how Cooper Cup was going to be integrated back into the offense uh, alongside Puka Nakua, who in Cooper's Cup absence was uh, an absolute gem of a waiver wire uh, pickup that most people would have gotten after their drafts. And if you got him uh, in the late rounds of your, of your redraft drafts, uh, congratulations, because you will be hard pressed to find a more valuable uh, late round dart throw this week. Cooper cup had 12 targets for eight receptions, 118 yards uh, and no touchdowns. Uh, Good for uh, 15.8. Uh, half point PPR points, which 
is fantastic, but when you look at it in uh, you know a little bit bigger picture, that's good for a wide receiver twelve on the on the week, right behind Puka Nakua, who finished with seventy one yards, but had a score. So right now it's looking like LA has two wide receiver ones that can operate side by side and not cannibalize one another. Um, or at least that was the case for one week. And I am quite intrigued to see how this is going to go for the next few weeks and into the, the remainder of the fantasy season, because um, I, for one, didn't think that they would be both able to, to, to produce like this. So I'm very curious to see if they can make that continue. I, I think, yeah, man, like the, I've been super intrigued with the Rams this year. Like they look legit. Like they look really good. And Stafford actually, I was a little bit concerned with him with injuries and with the team kind of almost seeing like, are they rebuilding? They're getting younger. Like what's going to happen here? Like I think Stafford looks really good. A couple look good. Nakua's obviously looked really good. Rams defense looks good. Kyron Williams looks good. And they've been competing against some really solid football teams. I think, I think they're two and three, maybe three and two. So the record maybe doesn't reflect that, but they've had some really tough matchups while still missing our, their number one offensive weapon for the first four weeks. So, I, I think the Rams are legit. I think they're a very good team. I think they're going to have a run. Obviously, they're not going to win the division against a you know a team like San Francisco, but I definitely think like a wild card berth is definitely in the cards for for a, a team like uh, like like the Rams. Armand, uh, <laughs> you're share share your stud of the week. I know you've it's been a long time coming here for for this guy. With I think you would you have him in a couple couple leagues here, so it's about time he he pops off for you. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, DJ Moore with eight receptions, 230 yards, and three tutties this last week um, for 51 fantasy points. And that is massive. That is an amazing week. It was one-third of uh, my points in one league, and I was sure happy to get them because I ended up only winning that uh, matchup by by two points, I think, so... Uh, um yeah dj Moore pops off and you could kind of see the it trending you could see they're starting to get a little bit of chemistry going there and yeah now fields and, and dj are in a groove hopefully um i'm not expecting 51 points a week but uh i'm i'm expecting uh the rest of the season to be be a pretty good um one or stack if you have both of them yeah, I got I got Jamar Chase here, and I got a, I got a fun story for you guys after here. But I got Jamar Chase. It's about time. This one it's a big sweat. You know, I've been waiting for for this one for a long time. If you drafted him, uh, probably top five pick for most leagues. Uh, he had 19 targets, which is absolutely absurd. 15 receptions, 192 yards, and three tutties. Uh, he's back, and hopefully we can continue this not just against the bad Arizona defense, but hopefully continue on. I think they got Seattle's upcoming week, which is actually a pretty good uh, defense for for some more receptions. But I got a side story here while we're talking about studs. So big friend of the pod. Uh, he helps us every year when we do our Super Bowl party. Um, real good guy, Robbie Gates. He sends me this this lineup, and he goes, "I don't know if I've scored." this many points ever in a lineup. So listen to this team. First of all, in his starting lineup was Aaron Jones, who did not play. He scored 222.12 fantasy points. He had Tua Tungabai Lowe as his quarterback at 
18.92 points. Then you had Jamar Chase with 44.7 points. Then Jalen Waddle with 12 points. Zach Moss with 32.5 points. Raheem Mostert with 14.8 points. George Kittle, who this was like in the middle of the third quarter, had 26.2 fantasy points. So he probably had more points than this. And he had DJ Moore with 45 fantasy points. And then Aaron Jones with zero. <laughs> so he had north of 222 points. Like East now, I was like, this this is probably one of the greatest lineups I've ever seen. Like if you plugged in the top 10 players of the week, what are that? Eight or nine of them are on his starting lineup. I've never seen anything like that, but I thought, you know, I'd give him a little shout out on the pod when we're, we're doing the, the studs of the week. So shout out to Robbie for having almost every single stud of the week five on your starting lineup, but going to the, the not so great players, uh, Zach, let's, uh, let's hear who you got. Uh, uh, a player of the same position as Cooper Cup uh, from the same game, uh, Devonta Smith. He had a a real stinker of a week and kind of a head scratcher um, because he did have six targets, but he was only able to uh, bring in one of those for, I believe it was, yes, it was six yards. So uh, 1.1 half point PPR fantasy points. And I think that's, kind of what I was worried about with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua because every once in a while this Philadelphia offense will just put up a real st- statistical uh, head scratcher game where one of the two Brown or Smith really really struggles and in this case it was Smith and Brown had himself a pretty good game uh, six receptions and 127 yards um, so when when Brown was feasting there uh, Smith was seemingly struggling. So, uh, unfortunately for me, I have a lot more Smith than I do Brown. So, uh, hopefully, Smith is able to turn it around and have himself a good week here soon. I am viciously shaking my head because I have a lot more Brown than I have Smith. So, <laughs> suck it, Zach. We're, we're not transitioning nothing. I'll just keep riding this wave because it was a lot of Smith early on in the year, and there was a lot of panic for me with my AJ Brown shares, but um armin okay so it's share yours but also this might be the only man that competed for a worse stat line than dak prescott this week and like they're they're darn close yeah <laughs> that line so share your dead of the week yeah i went with jordan love and um i gotta give him the dud because he was he's been looking like a bona fide NFL starting quarterback throughout the season so far. He's been actually very fantasy relevant. Um he's a guy that's been a top ten QB in fantasy so far. And then this week he put up an absolute dud. He threw 16 for 30 passes, 182 yards, and then three interceptions and no touchdowns. He did rush the ball two times for 37 yards, but that barely helped him make it make it up for the interceptions that he threw because he only had 4.98 fantasy points this week. Uh, my my dud of the week is so a little bit of fantasy uh, and a lot more gambling than anything, but <clears throat> four buddies, um, lots of them listen. I think three or two of the three, maybe all three listen in the pod. Um, two of them in some charity league stuff and what we do too, but we do pools every week and we all pitch in money and we 
go on a spreadsheet and figure out how we're going to figure out, you know, which, which team and which upset we're going to do of the week. And we put a lot of thought and effort this week and we decided with, we're going to go with the juicy one, you know, some upsets and whatnot. And we had a perfect bracket shy of the Baltimore Ravens, absolutely blowing the game to the Steelers. And it was like the first game of the week. So it was like, well, that sucks. Hopefully we're not perfect the rest of the way. And then literally a perfect card going into the Monday nighter. So like, I was just so choked, so choked. But if you look at the stat lines, it, it was not good. Like Lamar Jackson threw for 236, zero touchdowns and an interception and a strip sack to end the game. And that interception was so bad. Like I think it was a muff punt they got on the four yard line. And then he threw a terrible fade route that got picked. And then Pittsburgh marched the whole field and won the game. So that was, yeah. And then Gus Edwards, 48 yards rushing. Justice Hill, 32 yards rushing with a touchdown. Uh, Safe Flowers was like the little bit of like, you know, nice light there. He had five receptions for 73 yards. Uh, Mark Andrews, six for 65. But you know, not a great fantasy day overall. Uh, really, if you started anybody, I can't imagine you were too happy with any of them. Maybe Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews, unlikely, but <clears throat> but for the most part, they can suck on it because uh, I, that was probably the closest I've ever been to a perfect uh, pools pick, and that would have been a lot of cake coming our way. So Baltimore can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's another delicate way to put it. That's all I was gonna say. Um, okay, so going into our week six here, we got uh, coming off the bye, the Chargers, the Browns, the Seahawks, and the Buccaneers are coming off the bye. And going on the bye, we have the Packers and the Steelers. So two teams on bye. Um, Jordan Love, we just talked about. Uh, Christian Watts, some bigger names. Um, and then Steelers, you know, Pickens. Well, probably not starting nausea anyways, but uh, going away from the uh, week five into week six, week five, we actually did pretty good. And Zach, I don't know if you noticed this. Um, I threw in a, a start of the week for you there on the old socials. I threw Brees Hall in. So Zach looks like a <laughs> genius there. We threw Brees Hall in the starting lineup because now he smashed. So good, good pick Zach. Real, really well done there for, for your last start of the week. But actually I, for the, like we all did pretty good across the board. I think we all had uh Really good picks. So continuing that one, we'll start with Zach with our start of the week here in week number six. I am starting Raheem Mostert. Um, last time I was on the pod, I was a little bullish on him, uh, even though the emergence of Devon A-Chain. Uh, now that A-Chain is seemingly out of the equation, I am back on the Mostert bandwagon, um, looking at starting him against Carolina. Uh, Carolina has the seventh worst uh, rush defense in the NFL. So I am looking at a very dynamic Miami offense to take advantage of that. And hopefully Mostert is able to uh, punch in a score or two here to really elevate his stat line. Uh, Armin, you want to go next? Yeah, I got uh, Jordan Addison with the Justin Jefferson news and what I said about him probably getting 50% of his target, the Jefferson targets um, as my prediction. So I'm going with Addison against Chicago, which is a nice juicy matchup. Chicago doesn't really have the greatest defenses. um, And uh, Addison should hopefully uh, pop off a little bit this week. Mine I'm going to go with uh, is, is in an Atlanta game versus, the Washington Commanders and Washington Commanders are top half of the league against the running backs, but they are the number two 
worst defense uh, against the wide receivers, uh, giving up an average of 32.4 fantasy points to the wide receivers. I mean, it didn't help that uh, Justin Fields and DJ Moore just dunked on them for like 60 <laughs> points a piece. Uh, that didn't really help that average. But uh, this one's a juicy one because Atlanta's passing offense has been not great. This last week, it kind of looked actually a little bit better than it has the last couple weeks. But it's a, it's a tough one because uh, Atlanta doesn't pass the ball that well. So I'm going to start with Drake London in this one and hope for the best. He hasn't been like, he hasn't been great. He's he obviously started week one. He had one target and it was terrible. He got zero points. So he got 15 points, four, 10, and 11. So these last couple weeks, they're not killing you, but they're, you know, he got nine targets and six receptions this last week against Houston. So hopefully against a, a not so great Washington pass defense that uh, maybe he might be able to get it done in this one. So Drake London, I think is going to be a, a decent start here in uh, week number six. Uh, Zach, your sit of the week. Yeah. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Is somebody that um, you may have already been looking at sitting uh, because he is certainly not living up to the, uh, I think the hype that a lot of us had going into this season um, and that's even worse now with uh, Gardner Minshew being in at quarterback instead of Richardson. Uh, and we've seen with uh, with Minshew, there is that connection with uh, other receivers, primarily Josh Downs. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. The one thing, though, in Pittman's favor is that in week one, Pittman did have uh, his best game of the season against Jacksonville. So it'll be interesting to see if history can repeat itself or not, but I'm betting it won't. <laughs> Just, yeah, blunt. Yeah, it's not happening. Armin, you're sit of the week. All right, I'm going with Damian Pierce against uh, New Orleans. I know he's a starting running back, and he gets a decent amount of touches, but, man, he has been inefficient, and New Orleans is actually a pretty stout defense. So uh, I'm saying saying sit him because he hasn't actually been doing a whole lot the last few weeks, and I think you can get more production out of an RB um, somewhere else. Uh, this this one might be a bit of a hot take maybe, but I, I guess if you watch the San Francisco-Dallas game, it's not going to feel hot takey, but uh, I'm sitting Jerome Ford. I know it's tough because if you picked him up, you got him either on the waiver wire or like one, one of your last picks of the of the draft. But San Francisco is number seven in the league against run defense. They're only averaging 10 fantasy points to the running backs. But if you watched what they did to Dallas and Tony Pollard, like they demolished and they ripped him apart. And Cleveland just came off the bye week. So a little bit concerned, not only against really good San Francisco defense, but a bye week that gave them time to probably implement Kareem Hunt into the offense a little bit more. So we're looking at where Jerome Ford might be like a 50-50, 60-40 you know, even a 70-30, but Kareem's eaten up that 30% of, like, valuable snaps, goal line, or, or receiving work, where we might be disappointed in what Jerome Ford has to offer moving forward, especially in a, in a really difficult matchup against San Francisco. So I know some people are are pushed against it, and they might not have better options, unfortunately, but uh, I'm expecting a bit of a, a down week here for Jerome Ford against, like I said, a, a very good defense, and um, in a situation where coming off the bye week, he, he might be not necessarily outside looking in, but but in a position where he's going to be sharing snaps a little more than he has in the past. But that's going to do it for 
episode 99 here i know we got episode 100 coming up next week and we've been spitting balling uh some ideas to do you know something to make it a little special for us it's you know 100 100 episodes seems pretty crazy especially i think back to armin and i doing our very first very first pod and we were sitting there on zoom and we had no idea what the hell we were doing like i don't know if this is gonna go well i don't know if this is gonna <laughs> who's gonna listen to this we were just you know, trying to figure it out as we went and then didn't take too many episodes. I think was it four episodes. Zach was Zach was on and Zach was hooked. And well, since Zach jumped on four episodes, it's been ninety-five more since then. And and here we are. So we're coming around the corner, episode one hundred. We want to make it special as we turn the turn the corner and and get to uh, you know the triple digits. And and uh, obviously, thank you everybody at home that's been listening and and helping us get there. And without you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. We'd just be three guys talking fantasy on on a group chats and. And not uh, you know going through the recording process and advice and all that fun stuff. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, that's going to do it for episode number ninety nine. We got a big number episode one hundred coming up shortly, so stay tuned for that. And uh, I guess on behalf of Zach Armour, myself, and and Lucas with the Wellsies Wagers, thank you for listening. Take care, everybody, and uh, let's talk soon. <laughs>